0: This is the k Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 21st, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. The U.S. shot down a Syrian jet over the weekend, and it signals nothing good, either about the Trump administration's willingness to expand war or the apparent willingness of the Trump Pentagon to engage in hostilities with pretty much anyone in Syria. Emma Ashford comments.
1: There's been a couple of incidents in Syria over the last three to four weeks. Um, the most recent was this weekend where the U.S. Uh, US Navy plane actually shot down a plane um, associated with the Assad regime. That's the first time we have shot down a plane in air-to-air combat in at least 15 years. Um, and so there have been several incidents like that where U.S. forces on the ground inside Syria are now targeting not just ISIS, not just other terrorist groups, but they're actually targeting forces associated with the Assad regime. And that's actually kind of a big shift, and it's not being matched by any discussion of why we're making that shift.
0: Reason being that Assad himself is fighting ISIS. I mean, that's got to be part of it.
1: Certainly, um, the Assad regime has... A patchy history of fighting ISIS. They say that they're doing it. They say they're fighting terrorists. And sometimes they are, like they retook uh, the ruins at Palmyra from ISIS. Um, A lot of the time, the regime is also targeting civilians or rebel groups when they say they're fighting terrorists. So it gets very fuzzy. But on a very broad strategic scale, yes, we have broadly the same strategic goals as the Assad regime, as Russia, as Iran. We all want to see ISIS go away.
0: As horrible as Assad is, has there been any attempt by the U.S. in this new administration to try to coordinate efforts to fight ISIS?
1: Not particularly. The Trump administration has implied that it would be more open to working with the Russians on counterterror issues. But that has kind of a long history of it's never really worked because it's very, very difficult to achieve any kind of coordination on these issues, particularly when we disagree on what the definition of a terrorist actually is inside Syria. And so those efforts don't seem to have gone anywhere. And we're pretty much back to the US and Russia just deconflicting the areas that they're operating in in Syria.
0: Okay, so the, the shooting down of this plane, I guess, what are the implications for US involvement in this uh, Syrian war?
1: This is a really worrying development. Um, So it helps if you think of the Syrian civil war as sort of two distinct conflicts. Um, There's the US campaign against ISIS, uh, which has been going for a couple of years now, and then that's kind of nestled inside this broader Syrian civil war conflict. They're, They're linked, but until now, the US has basically avoided taking a stance on the broader Syrian civil war. Uh, President Obama was very clear after 2013 that he was not engaging in any kind of regime change against the Syrian regime. We, we did some fiddling around the margins with arming rebels, but we just never weighed in in that conflict. Today, with the shooting down of this plane, and as forces on the ground inside Syria, US forces and regime forces come closer and closer together, the Trump administration appears to be throwing that caution away. They basically seem to be saying, if you're on the ground where we want to be, we'll fight you. We don't care if it's ISIS Or if it's the regime.
0: What is the stated and what do you believe to be the legitimate national security interest of the United States in fighting ISIS in Syria and or uh, the Assad regime either staying or going?
1: Well, you kind of answered your own question that the main interest that the U.S. has inside Syria relates to ISIS. It relates to the terrorist threat from that or other Al-Qaeda groups. And that's a far less prominent threat than is often assumed. But there, there is some interest in the U.S. being involved in helping local forces in that fight. But it's been pretty clear for a number of years now that the U.S. really doesn't have any interest or any particular interest in the larger Syrian conflict. Um, You know, there are humanitarian concerns, there are refugee concerns, but none of that is a big enough concern to draw the U.S. in and make us engage in what would be quite a large campaign inside Syria to get rid of, of the government in that civil war.
0: How did we start down this path? And what was the what was the Obama administration's initial goal, and um, what is the Trump administration's goal here?
1: The Obama administration flirted early on with engaging in regime change, just like we did in in Libya. And this was back in 2013. You might remember in the news, there were those chemical weapons attacks. Obama famously said that would be a red line. And actually, the Obama administration decided not to go into Syria at that point. It was actually a fairly good decision. They set up a deal with the Russians to remove the chemical weapons, um, and things mostly got smoothed over, and the U.S. stayed out. But we did engage in this campaign against ISIS. And the Obama administration's initial plan was that they would support local forces on the ground, rebel groups, regional states, we'd provide air power and we'd help them to take back that territory. And it was thought that you know this would prove to be a more durable way to fight a campaign. It would produce lasting results that we didn't see in Iraq or Libya or elsewhere. And so even to the end of the Obama administration, that was the strategy they were pursuing. The Trump administration appears to have hit the accelerator on that strategy. And rather than thinking through the the most important question, which is what comes after ISIS? Are these local forces on the ground strong enough to hold territory, keep territory? Um, The Trump administration is basically just plugging in U.S. troops wherever it sees that there isn't enough on the ground. So we've seen massive increases in troops being sent out to Syria. We've seen not just special ops forces, but also conventional forces that are marines now on the ground inside Syria. Um, And we're providing a lot more in the way of technical support than we ever used to. So the Trump administration really has drifted away from this strategy of working with local partners. And instead, it's some kind of uh, amalgamation of we'll do what we think is necessary, but sometimes we'll work with local partners.
0: How does this dovetail with uh, President Trump's apparent decision to essentially allow generals at the Pentagon to set troop levels for at least Afghanistan?
1: Well, this is part of a pattern more broadly across a bunch of conflicts that the US is engaged in fighting right now, where we're seeing the Trump administration raise the numbers of troops in various conflicts. And part of this is that the Pentagon is now being allowed more discretion in raising or lowering troop levels in these places. But it's also, I would say, a broader decision inside the Trump administration to escalate the war on terror everywhere. Obama had been trying relatively unsuccessfully to pull down these numbers and pull back somewhat from the George W. Bush years, Trump is ramping up again.
0: How does this jive with his own campaign rhetoric? It seems he was on all sides of several issues and uh, not the least of which were ones relating to foreign policy, but he at the very least signaled a broad skepticism of the U.S. being involved in wars or conflicts around the world in which we did not have some sort of vital national security interest?
1: The president is certainly keeping to his promise to uh, smash ISIS uh, that he made repeatedly during the campaign. And in part, picking up the pace on this campaign is his way of keeping a campaign promise. The problem is he also made this promise not to engage in pointless conflicts, not to engage in regime change or nation building around the world world. And what the new administration doesn't appear to have fully internalized is that if they keep going the way they are in Syria, they're looking at a nation building campaign. The more troops that we pour into that conflict, the more that we will be responsible for what comes next. Uh, You know, to paraphrase Colin Powell, he said the pottery barn rule, right? If you break a country, you own it. We didn't actually break Syria, but now we apparently are going to own it.
0: As difficult as it is to uh, make recommendations based upon these you know, very fluid situations, what should U.S. policy be with respect to the conflict in Syria, given where we are right now?
1: First and, and most importantly, the new administration needs to get a strategy. It needs to have a coherent policy towards Syria. It needs to decide what are its actual goals in this conflict. And I don't mean tactical goals. I don't mean we need to seize an airfield. I mean they need to decide what they want the end state of Syria to be. Um, And so secondly, I'd say, well, some elements of that strategy that that would be good, that I think would be a good approach to this would be dialing back on these incidents where regime forces and U.S.-backed forces are coming into conflict. Dial back on that wherever possible. Stop sending more troops out to this conflict Perhaps you have to slow the pace of the campaign, but it does mean that fewer U.S. troops will be involved in this conflict. And then finally, and perhaps most importantly, um, I would say that the Trump administration needs to learn the virtues of diplomacy. Um, The one thing that they have not done at all in this campaign against ISIS and discussions over the Syrian civil war is really revisit the diplomatic negotiations on ending the Syrian civil war. And that's the second part of the strategy that the Obama administration was pursuing. It's not just a military campaign, it's also using diplomacy to try and find a solution to actually end the fighting. And so I think the Trump administration has to develop this more nuanced strategy where they actually look at all parts of the conflict.
0: Emma Ashford is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.